Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast indeed on this very festive episode. Um, Season's greetings from us both and this is our Christmas special, our festive special. Um, So, how are you doing? I'm alright, I think I've got Covid, so that's good. Alright, that's uh, uh, yeah. cheery for the Christmas season. <laughs> Make you feel very uh, very festive. Um, but yeah, I, I did a few lateral flow tests today and they came back positive, so I've done a PCR and I'm now isolating until December the 30th. So, right. what a festive joy it and is. And you get the results of the PCR? Tomorrow, I think, or the day after. But I don't feel very well, so it's probably so going to come back positive, I imagine. Right, okay. So I might sound a bit croaky today, um, but you know we're professionals, so you know we we got to carry on. We got. Well, keep... My thoughts are with you, and I'm sure the thoughts of our listeners are with you too. Very kind. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Um, tomorrow is my last day in work, and so I've got a very long, extended period off for the Christmas break. And because uh, you've been yeah. sacked and you're not going back, or. <laughs> Both actually. <laughs> no, I'm um, I'm hanging in there job wise. Uh, good. This is good. glad to hear it. Okay, so this is a bit of a different episode. Um, today we are deviating from the list because we were looking through the list and we were trying to find something appropriate to play during the Christmas season for the list as a festive episode. Um, last year we played. Super Mario Galaxy, but obviously even that is not tremendously Christmassy. So it's we thought not. we'd um, and and the game that we've picked is not necessarily very Christmassy either. But there is um a Christmas section in it. So the game that we've picked is Rockstar's Bully, also known as Canis Canem Edit, and it has a meta score of eighty seven, so not too far off the list. And it was released on the PlayStation Two in the year 2006 um so i suppose um let's let's go into why we picked this game now we picked this game because bully has seasons within the game it has acts and each act is based in a different season and there is a christmas season within the game um and when we were looking at the very short lists of christmas games out there we noticed that no one was really doing Bully and there weren't that many games that we were excited to play that were Christmassy. So we kind of elected to play this and I think it was a, a good choice. Um, so do you have, uh, you do, I know you have history with Bully. So what's your history with Bully? I I don't remember the specifics of my kind of, my, my entire history with it as I do with other games, but I know that I played this around the time that it came out and I was quite excited for it to come out because it's basically the equivalent of Grand Theft Auto, but in a school. Um, so yeah, I, I, I completed it when it first came out and I've completed it a few times since then. So it's certainly not a game that I'm um, 
I'm a newcomer too. I've played through it a fair few times. Um, and I, I do like it a lot. It is a very good game. And I think it's one of Rockstar's best um, best games from that period. What about yourself? I do have quite distinct memories of playing Bully because um, this was late 2006 that this came out. And I'd just got an Xbox 360. And my brother worked in game at the time. And he occasionally got promo discs um which they would well which he would pass to me which were basically free versions of a game a complete game but they were on a promo disc that was meant to be played maybe in store um you know on the uh hooked yeah. up consoles that they sometimes have um so yeah he got this promo disc and gave it to me and i remember it distinctly because i was playing bully at the time i had the 360 and i was thinking I want to be playing my 360. Nothing against Bully, but it was a late PS2 title. Yeah. And I kind of felt... It, it, it was a strange release for Rockstar in that it was very late for the PS2. I don't know if how well it sold based on that. Then it had the funny name change um, going from Bully's Canis Canamedit in UK, certainly. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of an odd title. I did, I did enjoy it for the most part, but um, I think my heart was wanting to or my mind was wanting to play next gen it just um, came out at the wrong time for you really yeah and um i've not actually played it since then so this was um i do have memories of it of the game but um this was a refresher course for me yeah um okay so where did you play this game uh played it on the ps5 there's um there's an emulated ps2 version uh which went onto the ps4 and i was playing that through the ps5 to make things nice and complicated um but the the ps2 is where i originally played it so like it made sense for me to go back and play it on the ps5 because similar controls etc what about you i played um there's there's a a different version called bully scholarship edition yeah we played different versions didn't we yeah uh and so that version released in 2008 on the xbox 360 and you can play that game via backwards compatibility on any xbox really apart from the original (laughs) um and the scholarship edition had extra content. It had some extra classes, um, some extra extra big bits and bobs here and there. And um, it was a, it, a bit of a graphical overhaul over the PS2 version, but can be glitchy at times, especially some of the newer content. Um, I noticed there was a thing where limbs would spasm a bit during cutscenes, but only the cutscenes that were the new cutscenes. Yeah, the ones the that weren't in the original. Yeah, so the the additional cutscenes, which is a bit odd, but there there aren't that many of them, so it wasn't such a big deal. But I thought I could have done with maybe a touch more polish. But I mean, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't uh, Rockstar releasing uh, GTA trilogy definitive versions no. in twenty twenty one. Just could have done with a, a lick more polish, I'd say. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I'd say that's a good version, quite accessible. I mean, this game is surprisingly playable. Um, on most things, most modern consoles, which I don't know. I just, I don't feel like I hear about it that often. So it's quite a nice surprise. Well, I mean, Bully itself is, it's a bit of an in-between game anyway, because you had the, the GTA trilogy released between 2002, I think in 2004. And then there was a four year gap between Grand Theft Auto games when obviously GTA four released in 2008. So this is really right in between those two um 
those two kind of big release areas because GTA 4 kicked off the HD trilogy or the HD um, world of um, GTA. So Bully yeah. was really like its own thing in the middle. And it it's... I think it pretty much uses the same engine as like the old yeah, GTA games, the but they've yeah. they've improved it a lot and they've made a lot of changes to it, which work quite well. I think it's called. I might be wrong, but I think it's called the Shareware engine. I think they used it for right. all those games. Um, but but I think one thing that I think tends to get lost when talking about Rockstar is that they had a few different studios working on different things. Yeah. Um. So you had whilst. GTA games were being worked on. You had Manhunt come out. You had the Warriors come out. This was a time when, obviously, then you had Red Dead Revolver come out. This was a time when um, Rockstar actually released other titles apart from Red Dead and GTA. Um, so, and then you had um, Rockstar's Table Tennis, which was kind of their prototype for Best their game. new engine <laughs> that they used in GTA 4. So, um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a weird time for Rockstar. And I think. You're right in saying that this, I mean, you didn't exactly say this, but I'm going to pick up on what you said. I think this this felt like the end of um, a particular era for Rockstar, which was um, where they were really firing on all cylinders and they had games coming out quite regularly and most of them were very good. Yeah. Um, and then you started to get the more sporadic releases for them. And yeah, uh, then I'm not, I'm not saying anything about the quality, but... I think it became less appealing to me as a player. Yeah, they they take a lot longer now, don't they? You think GTA 3, Vice City and San Andreas came out within like a year or two years of each other. And then Bully, two years after San Andreas. And then um, you had GTA 4, two years after Bully. And then I think Red Dead Redemption came out in 2000. I can't remember if it was 2009 or 10. I think it was 10. So I think it's 2010, yeah. So another two years from there, and then you had the Undead Nightmare, but then from there, there wasn't really anything until 2013 with um, GTA 5, and then obviously there was a really big gap between GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2, which came out in 2018. Yeah. So their their development time has really increased, but I, I don't really mind that, because most of the time it means that you're getting a better game. Um, obviously, from their most recent release, you would say differently, but uh, yeah, difficult. Yeah, I, I th- for me, I think their golden golden age was back then. Yeah, I mean, oh, a hundred percent. My my favorite games of Rockstar were back then, um, and there's a few within that era that I really really love, and I think that was when they really felt like the cutting edge, um, really ahead of everyone else, and everyone else was playing catch up. Yeah, and I feel like the releases are so sporadic nowadays that when you do get a release, it's um, the definitive trilogy of GTA, cough cough. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a strange time for Rockstar. Hopefully, they'll. I mean, I would, I would love for them to be releasing. Oh, of course, you had um, you had La Noire in there as well. Oh again, yeah, that was that was two thousand and eleven, I think. Yeah, and that was um, Rockstar. Bondi, I think, yeah, in yeah. Australia. So it was a um, different team again. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> that was quite a detailed history of Rockstar, which is good, always good. Um, okay, so do you want to just give us a breakdown of the plot of this game? Yeah, so you, you play as uh, Jimmy Hopkins, who is 
a bit of a lost soul of a teenager, I suppose. He comes from a bit of a, not a broken home, but his mum's too busy marrying other men and doesn't give him much time. And she marries this new guy. They go off on a... On a <laughs> you said marrying other men. It made, made it sound like she would marry Jimmy, but she's marrying other men. Yeah, she can't marry She can't marry her son at this time. She's marrying other men. Um, <laughs> and then bizarrely goes on a one-year honeymoon because that's what people do apparently and drops Jimmy off at Bullworth Academy which is a boarding school which is kind of dubbed one of the worst schools in the country and it's the the story is very much a tale of two people of Jimmy and a guy called Gary Gary really wants to take over the school from all of the bullies and have things his way whereas Jimmy's more he just wants there to be not peace, but all of the cliques to get along and people to stop bullying each other, even though he himself is a psychopathic bully. It's it's hard to pin down, but the story is basically getting cliques on your side until you finally face off with Gary at the end of the game and it's realised that Jimmy isn't so much of a bad guy, although I do think he is quite an unlikable protagonist. I would agree. That There's... I've seen a lot of talk and a lot of videos where like, oh, Jimmy's one of the best protagonists in a GTA game. And I think he's interesting, but I just don't think he's very likable. Like he'll get people on his side and then he'll just treat them like dirt. And it's like, well, why do you, why, why are you surprised that everyone's turned against you? You're awful. You're a horrible person. You're a horrible little boy. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's an act or a chapter called the rise and fall of, yeah. Um, yeah. Jimmy Hopkins and, He's very much uh, in charge, but also very high and mighty at the beginning of that chapter. Yeah. And then obviously he has his downfall. Um. I yeah. I'm. I, I agree with you. I don't think. I don't think there's. I don't think there's especially much beneath the surface to latch onto. Um. So what you see is what you get. And I also don't really like the the physical appearance of Jimmy. So you've got all these options for customization, but he never looks good. Well, there's um, there's a lot of I watched um, there's a YouTube series that I watch where um, they do it's called like Iceberg Theory. I'm not sure if you've watched any games, but you, you do you know what the Iceberg Theory is? No, elaborate, the, please. Basically, if you look on top of an iceberg, you'll always see the top, but you don't know how big that iceberg is below the water where you can't see it. And yeah. there's a lot of YouTube videos where they go into the iceberg of different games. So like the top layer will be like stuff that lots of people know the layer down from that will be less known things. And then, you know, the very bottom layers will be stuff that no one knows. And I watched a video on bully with the iceberg um, theory. And like one of the, the theories is that Jimmy, because the game of bully doesn't really have a time period. It's no, it's somewhat timeless. And apparently it was designed that way to be, from anywhere for the late 70s up to the early 2000s so that everyone could kind of relate to their school days i suppose but there is a theory out there that jimmy is a young version of uh, the main guy from uh, manhunts uh, james is it cash james james Earl cash yeah that just um, gave me shivers for some reason well do you think it do, 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 do you reckon that's got some weight to well, it well i was just i was just thinking I was just thinking because we were talking about whether Jimmy was likable or not, and I was obviously I played Manhunt very recently, yeah. And James Earl Cash is, I mean, I think Manhunt is one of the most fascinating games, and 
James Earl Cash is utterly unlikable, but because you are him and you're doing these despicable things, you kind of, and because people are doing all sorts of wrong things to you, you kind of come to relate to him and it puts you in this really uncomfortable position of you're playing this horrible person who isn't really likable on any level and doesn't seem to have any um, positive emotions for anyone. Mm. But you you somehow come to align with him to want the same thing. Yeah. And it's really fascinating. Um, so, yeah, just, I mean, I, I don't know. It's possible. Um, well, th- th- there's another theory as well that potentially James Earl Cash is Jimmy's father. Because if if you put the characters next to each other with Jimmy's mum as well, apparently there are similarities in the look between uh, Cash and and, and Jimmy. I I don't know how much weight that holds because I've not played Manhunt, but just a little little tidbit for you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, they're they're vastly, vastly different in tone. But um, yeah, I, I think these things are always interesting to think about. Um, yeah, it's just the just the idea of those those characters. I mean, they are unlikable, and and rock and rock Rockstar's game that no one talks about and no one wants to acknowledge, and is the kind of elephant in the room and and the black sheep of the the whole collection of games is Manhunt. And yeah, I, I don't know that game. I don't know. It just gets to me in yeah. a good way. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I wanted to also touch on what do you think of Rockstar? We talked we talked about Rockstar's satire um, in Vice City and how it's not aged incredibly well. Now I think it's a bit sharper here. I think it's quite astute, and I'd say it's quite on point. I wouldn't say it always hits, but it just seems to be still quite well done here. What do you think of it? I think the writing in this game is sometimes very awkward, and the things that the characters will say just make me cringe a little bit but i then think back and it's like well these are supposed to be like 14 15 16 year old kids and like if i think back to the way that i spoke when i was about 16 it was probably atrocious so (laughs) maybe maybe it does suit but for me like listening back to it now like when i was 16 or 15 or however old i was when when this game came out i didn't really think much of it but i listened back to it now and i just think some of the the conversations and the the, the words that they use and the way they speak is a little bit like uh, sounds weird i don't know what you think yeah. about that I, th- I think um there's definitely some cringy bits in it but i think you've always got to judge whether they're deliberate or not like for example when you complete a mission jimmy will kiss whichever girl is yeah yeah near him at the time and at first i was like what the hell is that and, and i still think that but I think these were deliberate. I mean, I don't think they were meant to ever be scrutinized. Oh, game, yeah, yeah. yeah we, you get to do this. It's 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 always supposed to be looking from outwards inward onto that school life and what that was and the teachers and 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 every single character in this game is two dimensional. Oh yeah, hundred percent, definitely. They're all cartoons, but. I think that's deliberate, like all the teachers are, um, all the authority figures, all the kids, they're all representing something. Um, So if you take this as, I don't know, a satire of schools and authority and 
um, that sort of town and just bullying in general, I suppose. I think there's some quite astute observations, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. Some of it is a bit clumsy. Um, but that's that's what Rockstar always used to be very good at, though, isn't it? Yeah, and I think because this was fresh material, whereas obviously GTA, I mean, how much are you going to talk about drugs and prostitution and so on? Yeah. They've, they've done it to death, really. But this was like brand new material for them. Yeah. And it's not that I found it funny, but I found it quite sharp and pointed. And I think they got quite a lot right with it. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, yeah, there's there's a... There's, there's a, 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 wit, a witty game. I don't know if witty is the right word, but um, like I said, something very observant and um, almost feels like a political statement um, with this game. I, I don't know if I agree about a political statement, but I do get where you're coming from with that. Um, I, th- I think it's one of Rockstar's more interesting games, like on the writing and on lots of other things, to be honest with you. It's definitely a standout amongst the others. Yeah, and I suppose what I mean by the political statement is is you've got it's very much about class, classism, yeah, yeah, um, all this stuff. Then then you've got the authority aspects. Then you've got the bullying, which goes from the teachers all the way down to the kids. Yeah. Um. Then you've got private schools and public schools and um, expulsion and yeah, there's there's just a lot of layers here in terms of um maybe the stuff that is not directly involved in the story, but the subtext of it, and I find that stuff quite interesting. You don't really see it. I mean, you very rarely see it discussed in games because you have so few games yeah. set in schools. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's almost like Simpsons-esque. Political might be the wrong word, but Simpsons-esque satire, which is... Um, Funny but poignant. Is, yeah, which is typical and topical. Um so yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting, and I like the, I like the game for that. I think it, it it is quite refreshing because you don't see it all the time. Um, okay, so Bully is set in Bullworth. Bullworth is a town um, with this this private school in. Um, so I just wanted to say about the design of Bully in general. If you took a GTA game and you condensed it to one small detailed city in a school. Um, what you've got is you, you've got Rockstar working, say if, um, say if you're, if you've got San Andreas, for example, you're zoomed right out, you've got the three cities, you've got the countryside in between, but if you're playing bully, it's like you get a magnifying glass and you zoom in on one area. Yeah. And because of that, you've got a lot more of an intimate world with a lot more detail, um, in the setting and you'll look around and you'll see posters and you'll see um, all sorts of things that you might miss. And I think it's interesting to see Rockstar more focused than they would normally be and having that intimate setting. I'd like to see them do that again. Um, So it's just interesting in terms of the way that the game is designed. It's like, it's like if you've got, if you took the GTA formula you transferred it to a school, but you also shrunk it into this, I don't know. I mean, to call it a sandbox is funny because they're all sandbox games, but a smaller sandbox, I suppose. Well, I think that the um, the world design and the map design is the strongest element of this game. Yeah. I, I think that the um, the world that they build and the, the secret areas and the areas that you don't find until later in the game 
I think they're really cool. And you've got areas like the um, like the pit underneath the school where you fight Russell, and you've got you know the the towny area, the power plant where you fight um, uh, what's his name, the the, the main towny bad guy. Like it's got so many interesting areas that it's created, and that's probably one of my favourite things about this game. Is just I always forget that there are certain areas here, and when I go back yeah. and play it. I remember like, oh, blimey, I completely forgot about that place. Or, oh, I forgot about that cut through. It's like the observatory on um, on the campus where the nerds hang out. Yeah. I totally forgot that that place existed. Well, I um, I didn't... The part where the townies hang out, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't gone there before a mission told me to go there. And I was like, what the hell? There's a whole part of the island that I've not even yeah. looked at. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and it's, it's exciting. And it, it feels a bit... It, it's very suburban. It's very, um, it feels very American. Yeah, big time. And it feels, it almost reminds me of the suburbia level in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Mm. Um, yeah, I get serious vibes of that from this. And yeah, it is, it's, it's an interesting. And I think you mentioned there that you've got the pit underneath the school. There's a lot more verticality here than there is in other Rockstar games because they're working on a more intimate setting so they can flesh out all the areas. So logically, you can get higher up or you can go further down. It's a, And then you've got the different modes of transport. Obviously, you don't want to be getting around the map too quickly because it's a much smaller map. So planes and um, motorbikes are off the table, but you do get a scooter later on. Um, you've got your trusty skateboard. You've got um, your bicycle. Oh, yeah. And you also get a one-off. Um, it's like a, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a some I don't know some kind of um, cart that you drive in one mission to knock a toilet off a off a cliff. Got a lot of so, weird yeah. weird missions in this game. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so what do you do on on a mission to mission basis? You, you mentioned the missions. So like if you were to describe this, if if you were to give someone a back of the box description of what you do, how would you describe it to someone? GTA but in a school. It, it, it's literally the the whole go to this marker get a mission off this person do task go back get reward mission complete on to the next one um the activities that you do in it will vary it can be you know running an errand for someone or going into town to pick something up for the cook or you know changing your clothes and your hairstyle to get in with a click or boxing or you know, a race. It, it is quite varied with the stuff you do. Um, and obviously a big part of it is the combat and the fighting. That's the main element of this game really is, is fighting. Um, but as well as that, because it's set in a school, you also have the classes. Uh, you have to, well, you don't have to attend class, but if you attend class, your your equipment will get upgraded or you'll become better at, you know, seducing girls to make them kiss you or better at fighting or you know there's a lot of um gains to be made by going to the classes and plus if you you know get caught by a prefect where you should be in class you'll be you know uh, be busted for truanting and you'll automatically get sent to class anyway so um that's a big element of this game yeah the prefects are like the cops in in gta and uh yeah one thing that's different though and i'm going to ask you to elaborate on this is um the time, the way that time works in this game, it's not the same as GTA. Um, so do you want to elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, you you really need to organise what you're going to be doing around your classes. You'll wake up at 
I think it's eight, is it eight o'clock you wake up or seven o'clock? Yeah, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, and your first class is at nine till eleven thirty, and then your second class of the day is I think it's one o'clock until three uh, thirty or something like that. And if you don't want to go to class, you don't have to. You can go and do missions instead. But if you're in class, you then have the afternoon slash evening to do other missions. You have a curfew, which I think is about 10 p.m. And if you're caught out after that, then the police or the prefects will catch you and send you back to to your dorm. And about 2 a.m., you will just pass out from tiredness because you're only a little boy. And little (laughs) boys need eight hours of sleep, I think. So, yeah, it's it's not, you know, doing stuff all all kind of all day or night. You do have limits to what you can do and when you can do them. Yeah, it's interesting to see Rockstar play with the schedule and how you manage that schedule. It's like Majora's Mask. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a step away from that, and it's not not as rigid as Majora's Mask, but it's interesting, and I think. It presents interesting gameplay things like, for example, do you go to your class in the morning or do you try and get a mission in before class starts and then get to your class before it ends? Um, So, yeah, there's always a bit of time management there and I think that's quite fun. Um, What's not fun is starting a mission at, say, 10.30 at night and then it taking so long that you pass out and then you have to (laughs) restart it the next day. Um, Yeah, this game is not very generous with its checkpointing. And um, sometimes it does have them, strangely enough. Other times it doesn't. And most of the time, you will just end up having to not only restart the mission, but maybe play another day to get back to where that mission is, because it might be that it's only available at night, uh, which can get a bit frustrating. Yeah, um, well, but that, that, that that's very much um, an element of old Rockstar games, though. If you think back to um, like GTA 3 and, and Vice City, there were very much times, like I remember in GTA 3 with Luigi, um, you can only get missions here between like 6am and 2pm or something like that and you just had to wait around if that was the case and I think that's a bit of a a holdover from that period yeah yeah definitely I mean what's less frustrating here is that you don't get the old rock star thing of travel to this location yeah start the mission die on the mission travel back to this location <laughs> So, yeah, because it's such a smaller world, mm. it never feels too much of a chore to get around, although the bikes are the best thing yeah. and the skateboard is too slow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. Okay, we've, t- we've talked quite a lot about the gameplay already, but, um, I mean, let's let's evaluate the gameplay. Is it fun to play? Gameplay is king. This is... <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. This is our ever-present feature, Gameplay is King. So, is Bully fun to play? Yeah, it's... I don't know if I could say that it's aged particularly well with its controls. It does feel very stiff to play these days. Um, whereas, you know, when I played it 15 years ago or whatever, it wasn't so much. But I think, yeah, it, it is a fun game to play, but with the caveat of it, it isn't as easy to pick up and play as some other games from the time, I'd say. What, what do you think? Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's aged a lot better than some Rockstar games, um, especially things like GTA 3, I think it's much more playable than those and it, it feels like a step in the right direction from those. But yeah, it's, it's definitely Rockstar on their old engine with basically a lot of the hang-ups that you might have had about other Rockstar games from the time. Yeah. They're all present and correct here. So if you can't get into Rockstar from that time, 
you're going to struggle. You're not suddenly going to get. Yeah, you're not going to suddenly get into it now, I suppose. And for the most part, I think the frustrations that you might have had with the older GTA games are ironed out. But there are definitely moments where I was frustrated. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the most part, the um, the prefects and the police don't that didn't really impact me in the slightest. You could just ride past them; they would never catch you. Um, but if you've been grabbed by one before, you can escape from them and it remembers. So if you, if within the same day you're grabbed again, but say towards the end of the day, they'll just take you down instantly. And I failed a couple of missions because I was pulled off a bike and grabbed by someone. So that was a bit annoying. I feel like those kind of things would have been ironed out in more recent games. But I think, again, we're, we're less patient than we were. So definitely. Yeah, generally speaking, it is fun. I think it's a fun formula. Um What's your favourite move to do or your favourite action to do? I think uh, it isn't something that I unlocked this time round because it takes a while to do it, but I, I don't know if you've ever got, uh, collected all of the rubber bands. I got about halfway this time. So if do you know what happens if you collect all of them? I'm guessing something to do with the rubber bands you unlock. Yeah, so you basically unlock a rubber band ball. Okay. and it, it can be used as a weapon you throw it around and it just bounces all over the place and hits everyone and knocks them down and cool. I didn't unlock it this time but I remember from when I played it before that was a really useful weapon and really handy uh, but the other thing I'd say is probably the fire the fire, uh, the bottle canister yeah that's good that's a really handy weapon um, and the slingshot to be fair the slingshot was my, was my go to um, what about yourself? I think um, just because you do spend quite a lot of time traveling around and the skateboard does get annoying, I think just using bikes and especially the faster bikes. The scooter. Improved, yeah, and the scooter's really good um, because they've improved that since it was introduced in San Andreas. So you're not falling off as much and it, it, it feels quite zippy. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's just fun to ride around as a kid on a bike yeah definitely so not the most um adventurous thing but yeah i, I always found it quite fun to do um what was your favorite class class oh uh is in like the the school class i thought you meant like class yeah. of character or so what um <laughs> wizard um probably the art class or the english class i mean shop i found difficult Oh, sometimes yeah. what, was, what was that with shop yeah the shop class is like if you don't immediately start turning the analog stick yeah. in the right direction then you immediately screw it so um finicky. and chemistry is just button input whereas yeah. the english class makes you think a little bit and the art class is um you know it's basically just a game of cutting out shapes which i like because i'm a child but <laughs> You then have like the photography class, which I thought was a bit boring and a bit uh, like long. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, and gym class was all right if you got to play dodgeball. I didn't really like the Dodgeball's wrestling. Dodgeball's good. Wrestling's boring. Yeah, uh, and that's all the that's all the classes that you have in in the base game. Uh, but I know in yeah, scholarship you get music ones. as well, don't you? Music is just bust and presses, but it's a bit it's a bit more interesting yeah. than the chemistry one. You also get biology. Did you have biology? No. You you uh you, so you cut open stuff, don't you? Yeah, that one's all right actually. But um, probably my favourite class is an additional one, which is geography. And it's not that it's anything particularly special, but it's just um, you match up the flag and the country to where it is on the map. Okay. And I just find that interesting. I mean, I quite like general knowledge, so it's it's, 
from from that perspective i think it's quite fun so yeah that was probably my one that i look forward to most but at the same time it never it never seems to come up yeah. i know they're on the cycle but i don't know if i missed some geography classes yeah yeah but um yeah so actually some of the classes are quite good they've got maths as well i don't know if you had maths um i didn't go to a maths class but maybe yeah so there's a maths class where with mr hatrick very quickly and you have to say what item is bigger than what then they give you three pictures to answer very quickly that's quite fun as well that, that, um, that might be in the base game but yeah i, I didn't play it. I, I didn't do a lot of the classes this time around yeah i was i was um trying to balance doing as many classes as possible with the missions but yeah i i get it um okay so what about the visuals and the sound of this game um the sound is nothing to write home about it, it's it's all right it's average and the look is very much of a mid 2000s rockstar game it looks a little bit sharper than you know vice city and san andreas because there were a few more years between them but i'd say that it's okay it's, it just kind of is there it's a very gray game i think and i don't know if that's the reason why i think yeah, it's okay but yeah nothing to write home about what do you think yeah it's it's better than generally speaking the earlier rockstar games although they all have a, have a good look i mean obviously vice city's got its neons that make it look nice san andreas has got its heat haze that makes it look nice um manhunt i, I love the the gloominess and the shadows and it just all looks so dirty which is which is nice um yeah it looks it looks almost like a snapshot of a school like a, a you know one of those brown faded snapshots come to life yeah yeah i i think that's probably part of the element of the time frame as well because if you look back at particularly british schools from the 70s and the 80s it was all very very grungy very gray very bleak and i think it was maybe in the 90s and then into the 2000s that there was a bit more color about them but I think you could probably still argue that schools are very grey and just very regimented and bleak over here. Um, yeah. But I think that's probably the vibe that maybe Rockstar were going with. Yeah, definitely with the private school element of it. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and, and the sound, I'd actually say it was a step down from other Rockstar games because obviously you don't have the licensed soundtrack, although the, the stuff that is here is pretty good, but it does get a bit repetitive as well because you tend to hear the same stuff playing throughout um and then the voice work i can't i mean it was okay i i wouldn't say oh there's a really standout performance for this person that you've got to listen to i think gary i think gary was probably the standout yeah maybe yeah um okay so before we go on to our question of the week i'm just gonna add a little bit in here which is um do you want to just detail the christmas elements within this game because We've got this far and we've not really discussed the Christmas elements. So yeah, I was just thinking let's that. discuss those. Uh, so the, the Christmas section is the, it's the second chapter. Um, and at the time you are working on taking over the prep click. Uh, the preps are like the um, the, 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 the posh kids, yeah. really. Um, but like stereotypes up to like 10 where they're like, oh yeah, I'm marrying my cousin and one of them's got, you know six toes and at one point you're you've just come out of the boxing ring i think it's biff who's the 
the leader of that clique. He, he calls yeah. Jimmy a filthy Democrat. I was just like, oh, right, okay. Um, but the, the the Christmas periods is uh, it takes place while you're taking over the, the prep preps and you're doing a lot of boxing at the time and spending a lot more time in um, Bullworth Vale, which is one of the towns which is linked to the school. And as you go through for each season, like for Halloween and for Christmas, there is a specific day, which is Halloween and one for Christmas. And I mean, I spent my Christmas day, you, you go over to the, the main office first to pick up a gift from your mum, uh, which is a Rudolph jumper, which is fantastic. Looks, looks, makes Jimmy look very nice. Um, Just as good as any other costume in the game. Very true. Uh, I mean, to be fair though, you think about it, the Halloween um, section, Jimmy's dressed up as a skeleton and Gareth's dressed as a yeah. Nazi. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right, okay. Um, yeah, that's okay, is it? But, I mean, the way that I spent my Christmas on um, on Bully is I just finished off the Greaser mission story, so I just ended up punching Johnny Vincent in the face a lot on Christmas Day, <laughs> which... Um, Great, great way to spend Christmas. But I think there's a lot more content for Christmas in the scholarship edition, isn't there, from what you were telling me? Um, so aesthetically, how do they manage to shake things up at Christmas? What what do they change? They, they do what they do with uh, GTA Online um, still, which is for a, for a few days they add in snow. So the floor gets a little bit slippier. You're going to struggle to go on your skateboard or your, or your bikes. Uh, and you can also pick up snow off the floor and have snowball fights and stuff like that. It's quite cool and it's quite quirky. Yeah. Uh, but it's only there for a few days, so you don't really get to enjoy it for a long time. Yeah, and then you've got the Christmas tree in the main building, and you've got decorations all over the place, um, Christmas lights. Yeah, it's, it's festive. I think it's, it's yeah, it's quite nice. And um, yeah, within the scholarship edition, there are a few more missions that you can do. So there's one where you, well, there's there's a few where you a whole, basically a side bunch of side missions where you help a drunk Santa. And um, you're fighting off elves and stuff, so that's quite fun. Um, yeah, it, it, I think it's pretty good actually, and and I think this this part of the conversation will feed into the question of the week. Um, so the question of the week, we didn't really get a chance to ask this question last year because of the game that we picked. But why do you think there are so few Christmas games? I think it's probably just because it's too specific. You you know you. You often see, like, if you think of other other media, really, if you're watching a Christmas film, it's going to be about, like, a few things. It's going to either be a retelling of something like A Christmas Carol or The Grinch or something, or it's going to be a love story, or it's going to be, like, a Hallmark Christmas film where, you know, someone from the big city doesn't understand the meaning of Christmas and they go back to their old small town and they get shown the meaning of Christmas by someone or, you know, that that's kind of like the, the Christmas niche for entertainment or die hard, hard, which I've never seen. (laughs) But I think for you to be able to make a a game, particularly based all around Christmas is, it's probably not that doable unless you're incredibly creative with the idea that you come up with. Cause I can't think of, I mean, that's not to say that I'm a particularly creative person, I'm not, but I don't know what you'd base a Christmas game on that would be fun to play. Like, the only other game that I can think on this list that you could potentially say has anything to do with Christmas is obviously this isn't on the list anyway. Um, And I think Super Mario Galaxy was probably a push as well. 
But equally, yeah. the only other game that we could have talked about at Christmas was Undertale, because that's got like a, a little wintry Christmas section in it. And that's it. Yeah, you tend to get a lot of Christmas levels. Um, you get... In platformers and stuff like that. One of the one of the Dead Rising games was set at Christmas, which was quite quite a nice idea, because obviously you've got a shopping mall at Christmas, um, so you've got all the instant, all incidental details that that comes with. Um I mean, I think that there are things that could be done, and I think it, it's probably a bit of um, there's probably a bit of money left on the table there because people lap up Christmas. I mean, you release a Christmas film, generally speaking, it does quite well. You um, bloody love Christmas. I do love Christmas, and and I feel like if you released a good Christmas game, I think people would buy it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the same vein as many films that come out, but. It could be something to do with the myth- mythology of Christmas. Um, it could be to do with um, Saturnalia and paganism and going back further and further. All right, so I think there are options to do it. Um, I mean, there are even some, some Christmas horrors like Krampus and uh, Night- Nightmare Before Christmas isn't really a horror, but it's uh, horror-themed. But yeah, I just think... There are ways to do it, and you get so you get Halloween themed games, which again only come out once a year, and they're not just horrors. There are some that are actually themed around Halloween. Oh yeah. Um. So, yeah, and and maybe the the answer is to do it as a backdrop rather than as a focal point. So something happening during Christmas, like Die Hard or something like that. Um. Yeah, I I just I just feel like it, it's just surprising. Gaming has been around for this long. And even during the more um, primitive times of gaming, where I, I suppose it didn't take as long for a game to release, you, you didn't get that many Christmas games. So I think when it comes around to Christmas time, anyone that does anything about video games is kind of scrambling to find something. Um, I saw that LGR, which is a YouTuber that you and I have yeah. watched, he did, um, I think it was Outlaw Golf. They did a, a special Christmas demo release or something so he did that as his christmas game and and i just feel like people there's a market for it because and the reason i know there's a market for it is because at christmas time people will watch youtubers do christmas games oh yeah definitely it's it's like the um the the end of year like wrap-up that like youtube creators do like with their game of the year or whatever we've jumped on that um on that bandwagon this year haven't we um you know because we know that people enjoy it because we're a couple of sheep. Because we're a couple of sheep. Bar. Uh, but, yeah, if the content's there and you know that people like it, then you'll you'll do it. But, yeah, I, I don't know about Christmas games. It's a, it's a difficult question to answer for me, anyway. Yeah, it's, it's especially in this day and age where it takes much longer to develop a game, you can kind of understand why you wouldn't want to spend four years making a Christmas game. But, I don't know, maybe indie studios... Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely an indie thing, isn't it? It's not something I can imagine a AAA company wanting to do. GTA Six set at Christmas. GTA Christmas, bully Christmas edition. That's right. <laughs> and, and and I suppose one final thing is we never got a sequel to Bully. How does that make you feel? I think at the time I was a bit gutted because I thought it was really you know something that could have done well from a sequel but now i look back on it i don't think i'm too bothered um it was a really good game and i think it's a standout in rockstar's collection particularly of that time but 
it's not something like it, it seems like one of those things that was just because the rockstar sequelize everything now really but it seems like one of those things that set the games that people really want sequels for like grand theft auto 5 like manhunt and warriors i'm sure people would lap up a sequel to that as well for sure um but uh, rockstar just do their own thing don't they you can't yeah rockstar weird Mm. Well, the, the creators of L.A. Noir had a had a game that was um. There, there was something planned. underway, wasn't there? Yeah, it's called Horror of the Orient, and it looked pretty good, but it was um canned. And then they had another one called Agent, didn't they? That was canned. Um, yeah. So, I think there's the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we don't see, and um, maybe it was because it wasn't very good. But yeah, it's a shame we we don't get. I would like to see because I, I still think they have quite a unique take on things and. You know, you generally speaking, you're going to get a quality game from Rockstar. Most so, of the time. Yeah, so it's a... Well, actually, no, it's no. Nice it's to... not even fair for me to say most of the time. Like Red Dead Redemption 2, even though it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, the amount of detail and the amount of time that was put into that game is insane. Like, it's incredible. Yeah. As um, long as it's not a remaster, yeah. generally speaking. If it's a big new... If they're doing it in-house. Release. Yeah, if they're doing it in-house, then it's going to well, get that's the treatment, it, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. If they're palming it off to some smaller studio then maybe you're in trouble yeah true okay so now we're going to turn our question well one of our questions that we usually answer we, we kind of change the question as we go along but you probably figured that out by now if you've been listening to us for any length of time um so the question this week is did the critics get it wrong um does bully deserve to be on the list or does it not is it sitting in the right place or actually is it worse than is it should it be lower than it is i don't think it should be on the list i mean Obviously, we don't have a finite number for where it should be. We just have the meta score, which was, you say it was 87? 87. So So it misses out on the list by about five or six points. I don't think it should be on the list, but I think if you've got a game like Grand Theft Auto 3 on the list, then this game should be, if that makes sense. I think that you could remove GTA 3 and replace it with this and not lose anything. Um, but overall, I'd say I don't. I don't think it's worthy of being in the top one hundred games of all time. It is a great game and very enjoyable, but it's not top tier. It's just a good time, I think, and it's sometimes hard to recognize that when you do what we do with playing these games and you know playing what are supposedly the best of all time. When you play something else that's good, you're like, oh, should this be in the top one hundred? But I think it's important to recognize sometimes that sometimes things are very good. But that doesn't particularly mean that they should be considered one of the, the best, best ever. ever. Yeah. 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 What do you reckon? I agree with you. I, I I don't think it deserves to be on the top 100. I don't think I ever thought it deserved to be on the top 100, um, even when I played it originally. I think this game is good, not great. Um, I like a lot of the ideas in there. My biggest problem with this game is that the missions get repetitive and you feel that you're doing a lot of the same and i think as well because there are fewer gameplay types here because it's not grand theft auto where you've got the big broad open maps and all the different vehicles and the boats and the planes um it's much more condensed but because of that as you said earlier what you tend to do on missions is fight yeah so yeah and and the fighting system is not great um, it's not aged particularly well. It's a bit clunky. It's got that old rock star clunk 
that they used to have. Um, so yeah, I think it's good, not great. I think it's, I mean, I I would probably knock that score down very slightly for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I do think it's an interesting game. It's certainly not a bad game, and I and I think it represents the end of that golden era for me of Rockstar games. But yeah, I think in this case. Critics got it right. It's not one of the best games ever, but it was fun to play, generally. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that wraps up Bully, but it also wraps up this year on the podcast. Um, So yeah, that was 2021. This year has flown by. I've enjoyed this year more than last on the podcast. And we've got some stuff lined up for 2022, obviously. So join us again for that. Um, I think we what have we got coming up at this point i can't remember so next chronologically next week we have our game of the year episode coming out which is a a little off the cuff episode that you and me recorded when i was in lancaster a few weeks ago um where we just discussed the the games that we've played this year from the list that we think should be um awarded so keep an eye out for that one and then i think we are back on january the um i think it's the 14th maybe yeah i think it's the 14th uh no 13th january the 13th um where we are going to be playing super mario 3d world which is obviously the wii u game that was re-released a few months ago on the switch with bowser's fury So keep an eye out for that. And I think we've got a few pretty good games coming up at the start of next year. There's a few that I'm excited to play that we've discussed. So, yeah, it should be um, it should be a good start to the year, I reckon. Yeah, let's have a, as good a 2022 as we did 2021 on the podcast, not including the real world stuff of COVID and vaccines and all this stuff. But yeah, there we go. Do you know what's really annoying? I've managed to avoid the coronavirus for almost two years in my customer-facing job where I drive all over the country. <laughs> and five days before Christmas, I get it. Absolutely yeah, raging. Um, but never mind. But happy Christmas from us. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> <coughs> oh, God. Killing me. Um uh, yeah, as always, um, you know, you can reach out to us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email at the long and short of it podcast at hotbell.com. And as you've just said, this year has been, it has been really good. I think we've both really enjoyed making content and we hope that you've really enjoyed listening to it. And we're both looking forward to creating more content for you next year for the uh, c- coming up to the last quarter of the list, really. Um, not quite yeah. there yet, but we're getting there so yeah thank you for listening we hope you've enjoyed and we look forward to seeing you next year and keep an eye out next week for our little mini special episode but in the meantime have a fantastic christmas a lovely new year and we'll catch up with you in 2022 cheerio see you later